Welcome to episode 97 of Double DM Podcast. I am your host, Emil. I am here with my lovely co-host, Niels. Today's episode will feature the topic of combat and how you can create the best combat possible, how you can make your combats more interesting, making your enemies more interesting, and generally how to make memorable combats. So first, as every time before, we recap our weeks, what happened, what we did, uh, a little bit about ourselves and stuff like that. So settle in with us, grab a drink, grab something to eat, and let's chat. Hey Niels, how are you doing? I'm doing great most of the time. Today I, I slept... Most of the time? Yeah, today I slept in, so I missed the first class of my university. Not because of the lack of alarms that were set, but because I just slept right through them. <laughs> I set alarms for 6, 6.10 and 6.20. I woke up at 9, but other than that, doing great. How about you? <laughs> uh, I didn't sleep through any alarms because I didn't set any, because Thursdays are always fun for me because I personally don't have to do anything today. Nice. Did you do anything last week as, as a general? Anything of note? Anything fun? Anything of note? Um, hmm. <laughs> I am bored. Boring. No, uh, <laughs> I did play another round of Alice is Missing on Monday, mm -hmm. um, a week ago when this episode airs, which was a lot of fun once again. Played with a few new people who had a lot of questions, especially, right? When you have your group that only plays like two to three TTRPGs like once a month or something, Alice is Missing is something very surreal and unique. And yeah. I mean, it's also unique when you look at the wider audience of role-playing games, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It was very great to get these uh, three new people to experience Alice is Missing for the first time. And I think that they all had a lot of fun. And Alice is Missing can be something that you really have to process for quite some time, right? You sometimes can't just process this in the first five minutes after the game. But they all had fun. One of the funniest quotes we had was from the player of Dakota, who said at the end of the game, I wish I died. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? And then he, he was like, would have been great for the drama. And we're like, what the fuck? Oh, what? <laughs> Okay. I mean, the thing is that this game, it's an improv game, so I can t tell you everything about our playthrough. Our playthrough ended at the train station and mm -hmm. the culprit was at the barn and Dakota was conveniently placed on her bicycle with two woodcutting axes <laughs> between the barn and the train station <laughs> and basically played, well, I'm waiting for the motherfucker and ambush him. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's really intense when you play the game and especially the la like the first five minutes of Alice is Missing always feel weird to me because mm -hmm. right, you have to start the conversation somewhat and get into the character and, and that's fine. But the ending five minutes are some of the most intense five minutes you can really have while playing a game because you want to write so much in text, but you only have five minutes to do so. <laughs> Once we played these 90 minutes just went by like, like that. Really didn't feel like 90 minutes of play mm. because the, yes the four, first five minutes we had to start the conversation but once it was going it mm. just kept on rolling from there once you have like one group conversation and two private conversations going you can't just stop you have to type all of the 90 minutes yeah and you just keep on building up on the things that the other players have said and did and wrote or whatever and then just keep on going from there and then prompt other people to do this exact same thing It's amazing. I don't want to really criticize these players or something, but you could feel that they normally just play the traditional TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. Rolling dice to win and then playing some fun one-liners or something. The, the the kitchen table experience, you could say. Yeah. And there's nothing bad about that. That, that. That's a great experience. I love the experience myself. But Alice is Missing just doesn't allow you to have that experience. You can't yeah. just be the fun hero. You're a kid in a town where your friend is missing. There is nothing happy about that. Sure, you can make jokes between each other and talk fun and right <laughs> my character has two axes and now will fight this dude right we, we obviously stayed away from killing or something 
Mm. But that was just part of the game. The father of Dakota in this character's backstory was, well, a woodcutter, a lumberjack. And therefore, this character was also kind of uh, learned the family trade and therefore had access. And it made sense. And right, as kids still, right, don't initiate fight, blah, 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 blah. But it was fun. And yeah, <laughs> Alice is Missing is just great. It's just uh, a complete different experience to yeah. anything I've ever experienced before. However, after that, I found another game that I want to play at some point. Which is gonna be just as much fun, I think, or at least a different kind of fun. It's called View Scream. And it's basically you're playing people only connected through a webcam. Okay, okay. That sounds fun. I, I wanna be part of that, please. <laughs> that, that sounds definitely interesting. I have bought the rule book now on Drive Through RPG. I have to read it still, but I was like, okay, what is something, what is another role play experience that I, that, that is not usual to what my tables or what I normally do, what I want to play? And view screen looked exactly like that you're playing i don't know people in a lab or in an abandoned space station what happened to the it's really much you could even just say it's a little bit like it's a little bit more among us or it's a little bit more backstabby than alice is missing where you're supposed to work together to get to the mystery mm -hmm. view screen also has basically as a prompt well you want to survive sometimes that means sacrificing the others okay and i, I really want to see how 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 this plays out and i mm -hmm. I really want to get a group together if I like the system. But yeah, other than that, I had nothing TTRPG related. I have, I'm supposed to have a session today, which I still don't know anything about. Nothing. Okay. I don't mm -hmm. know what character I'm playing or if I'm GGM. I don't know if, um, what I have no idea. I, I just know where I have to be. Th that's a start, yeah. I think. <laughs> and so I'm just going to hope that I'm going to bring the right character sheet. <laughs> Just bring all. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> that's too many. <laughs> that, that That's too many. You, you need a moving truck just for all your character sheets. Yeah, I need a moving truck for all the hard drives with all the character sheets <laughs> on them. Yeah, I think this is a classic GM thing. I do that as well. I have a complete a massive folder just full of different fleshed out character sheets. And that's basically it. I have a session on Sunday coming up as well, but I talked about that already uh, in extensive form in the other recaps, so I don't have to do that again. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, that's it for me. I have a session coming up right after our recording where I have most of the backstory kind of things prepped, but I still have to pull out some NPCs that I um, <laughs> for a fighting tournament that I haven't prepared yet. I have ideas. I mean, but you no just said blocks. you have you have a lot of PCs in your folder. Yeah, and I will definitely going to use those. Roll at random. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, I still have to pick those. But yeah, other than mm. that, it's basically just getting to know the city they're in, getting some allies in, within the city to get some information that they want and just maybe even get some more cash in, or at least they uh, will try to do so because they're a bit broke. They bought a lot of alchemist supplies to make alcohol for themselves in their own tavern so they are now broke as fuck but yeah so this is a possibility to get some more gold get some influence get some allies and just get to know the city they're in right now yeah interesting but that's the plan for me today <laughs> and other than that this week nothing much coming up i mean yeah you can feel that uh, as dumb as it sounds holiday season has its influence already mm -hmm. because a lot of people are just not able to plan anymore yeah. so as i said last time it's it's the time of the last of the years really for ttrpgs for me last alice is missing last phantoms of chaos this sunday last tyranny of dragons next tuesday and after that it's basically done for the year yeah. so yeah that's kind of it for me fun thing actually while we're here today did you get any messages on your phone today yes i did oh what i time? really did it, it, two actually one in english one in german yeah you get two. You always yeah. get two. And I was totally confused because I didn't uh, think of it that this was today. And I was like, who the fuck is calling right now? Excuse me? For those in the audience who don't know, which is probably everyone, uh, today on the 8th of December is National Alert Day in Germany. And since Germany has activated cell broadcasting in September, September of this year, we all get cell broadcasting messages, which is fun. Why is that interesting? Well, it's kind of interesting to me just because uh, I'm very much in that topic because of uh, university, because I took courses on technologies behind it, behind cell broadcast and warning systems and stuff like that. Yeah, I was just super fucking confused. I just woke up, got out of bed, got myself a coffee, sat down in front of the computer and just suddenly some noises. I was like, who the fuck? 
dog is calling me right now. I can't even talk yet. What the fuck? <clears throat> and yeah, and it was just, in quotation marks, just the test warning. But I'm glad it worked because last time I didn't receive any. Last time you couldn't be, couldn't receive any. Ah, okay. <laughs> Cell broadcasters only has only been available since three months ago in Germany. Yeah, okay. Last time they only tested the sirens we have, which we don't have anymore in Berlin. <laughs> they, they found out that basically all in Berlin have been dismantled already. And then they realized, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> we need something else. Yeah, but that's that was my week. That was my week as well, I think. Yeah, I, I have nothing else, really. So, so why don't we go ahead and dive into our episode on combat and creating memorable combats that linger with your players for weeks and weeks to come so you can go online and say, combats are fun. <laughs> <laughs> See you after our quick break. Hey, dear listener, we arrived at this episode's mid-roll. I don't want to keep you too long in this break from the usual program, but podcasting overlords demand that I ask you to rate and review our show to help us expand our reach and get new listeners. But also with more reviews and ratings comes the benefit of us getting a better feel for what you like and dislike about the show, allowing us to improve our show to the next level just for you guys. And hey, if you really like the show, then recommend us to your friends so we can share our content with them and help them with whatever dungeon master dilemma or player problems they are having right now. I know you hear this all of the time, but really doing so helps shows like ours and any other podcaster, especially indie podcasters, out immensely in creating the best content possible. So again, rate, review, tell a friend or whatever works for you. If you are feeling super generous today, you can check out our Ko-Fi and donate a few bucks towards upgrading the show with new microphones, editing software and studio surroundings. No pressure at all though, this is just if you feel like you want to help out. Lastly, I also want to tell you guys about our social media channels and that you can follow us on especially Twitter or Instagram to stay up to date with the show and get a whole slew of other content like memes, tips and general shit posts about TTRPGs and the TTRPG industry industry or community. Thank you guys so much for your constant support of our show and we hope we can continue creating amazing content for you guys well into the future. Oh, one last thing. If you have a TTRPG product you want to advertise on our show, contact us about affordable ad space on Double DM episodes and we also have promo swap spaces available for other podcasters and shows. And with that, right back to the show. So Emil, last week I talked to you about how I have to prepare a fighting tournament now for my players. And I thought, why not talk a bit more about the fighting aspects of TTRPGs? What can we do to make it more interesting, a bit more spicy? Do you have any straight out of the gate tips or ideas on how to do that? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of straight out of the gate tips I would have but the question is always what do you want from combats because spicing up combats what what does that mean for people right what does that mean for you because people want different things from combat we all know that and I think mm -hmm. the question is more what do the people at your table want from your combat do they want it to be more dramatic do they want it to be more dangerous do they want it in any other way do they want it to be more engaging do they want it to be not there at all do they don't want combat and stuff like that like that. It's always a question of what do you want from combat? Because I think while roleplay encounters are very easily to direct into the direction you want, people, when it comes to combat, given that most of the people play D&D or come from D&D or D&D-like games where combat has rules attached to it and roleplay doesn't have that many rules attached to it. In other games that's completely different, right? You have rules for roleplay and combat at the same time and stuff like that. So I'm not talking about all games here. I'm talking about D&D mainly that roleplay doesn't have any rules so people can just push that into a direction they want. Hmm. But for combat there are specific rules and I think people get hung up on those rules. I'm not saying that they want to obey them or don't want to obey them. I say that combat has a structure and if they see that structure they think that combat has to be a very specific way. But I say that you can in that structure make a very interesting combat. You just have to understand what you want from this combat to design the combat specifically for that experience. 
opinions. Oh yeah, I, I think you have a, a lot of wiggle room within the more or less clear-cut rules. Basically flavor them to a way to make the combat the way you want it to be and to fit to the specific purpose. Because I think every combat should have a purpose attached to it. Not just a combat for combat's sake can be a reason itself, but mostly I think there is a narrative part to a combat or should there should it be a narrative part to a important combat. I, I want to quickly just go to your fighting tournament for one minute or two because there will be a lot of combat in a fighting tournament, right? It's not just one fight, it's a lot of different fights. And if you have to prepare a lot of different fights that are maybe a little bit shorter in nature because only one PC or a whole group or whatever is fighting, but you want several combats, make those combats feel like laser tag because that's going to be the most interesting fun because fighting tournaments are not to the death. The few times I did, they weren't meant to kill. And I think this is the same here for you. Exactly. Best advice is make them feel like laser tag. Don't give a fuck about balance. Mm -hmm. Just let these sides clash. So give the monster or the enemy or whatever a lot of two hit so that they basically hit every time and every strike deals a lot of damage and the same goes for your players, right? Make sure that both sides basically just clash in, in, in this epic battle that is over in like two to three rounds that is just epic as a description. Yeah. Really both sides hitting hard, getting hit hard and allowing this very big showdown because in the game you have a crowd that cheers, that enjoys the epicness of this combat, the level of show business this combat has because mm -hmm. oh, it's not just a fight, it's a show. It's supposed yeah. to look good. But the players will also enjoy it if their character deals a lot of damage and then they get hit for a lot of damage and then it's really this interesting thing. Instead of they only deal like 12 damage and need to hit 5-6 times to even really damage this enemy or down them to win the fight, why not just double their damage and say boom? Yeah, I think that's really the most fun for these fighting tournaments. It makes a fights shorter which is great because if not all PCs are fighting they might not get engaged by the fight because they're not fighting currently but if the fight is only two to three rounds and it's really this bam 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 kind of feel they're gonna be engaged because they will laugh they will fever that they, they, they will they will hope their friend wins or loses depending on their friendship really stuff like that and another tip for this is um, when you have a lot of different combats this is a show right someone is premiering this as a show or something there are people watching there are people paid money and they want their money's worth and I'm just gonna say this could be because I recently rewatched and reread the Hunger Games books and make something like the game makers do. Change the rules for every fight. Mm -hmm. tell, tell the fighter that fights another fighter. You're both not allowed to wear armor in this fight. Make them both have an AC of 10 or whatever their dex value is, right? Yeah. But I mean, that, that would be just fun because mm -hmm. it would be something different. And it would be something that the player normally doesn't experience in the game because most combats assume that the players are in optimal normal condition to mm -hmm. fight right but if you suddenly take away the plate mail from the fighter and make them have now only an AC of 8 because the dex is minus 2, they're going to fight a lot differently than with an AC of 20. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, most definitely. And the same goes for the opponent. And that's just fun. Mm -hmm. And th that could be a very fun thing for your tournament because the, the, the audience will enjoy it too. Yeah, most definitely. It's just because I put it, this tournament in there to, uh, for a specific reason, not just to have a tournament there. I wanted them to have an opportunity to make uh, a name for themselves and get to some allies that have influence in the city or have connections to people that have high influence or whatever you know just to create a web of connections for my party if they wanted to engage in that situation i just put it there for this exact reason so i want to make them this combat tournament more cinematic more showmanship-esque like you just described uh, i have an arena planned out kind of the arena will change between fights sometimes even while they are fighting just switch up the environment not a 180 degrees turn because it's still an arena and it's not a hollow deck or something. It's still in a medieval fantasy setting. So suddenly from icy tundra to lava rivers isn't really that possible. Yeah, but barricades move up and down, stuff like that. Right? Exactly. Moving the things. Certain parts of the floor will turn while the other turn the other way just to have a moving piece. I like that. Yeah. So basically just using the environment for my advantage yeah. to make the combat more interesting. Yeah. And, and I feel like this is a very good rule one for making combats better in whatever direction you want. Not the rules of the game, but okay, change the rules of the combat. Not the rules of the game or the rules of the combat 
in the system. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the mechanical rules we play with. I talk about the in-world rules that are currently applied. Normally, combats are done on steady ground. Fight on a narrow, hanging, nearly broken bridge. Mm -hmm. That's gonna change a lot about your combat. Fight on a moving vessel. I don't know, fight on a huge dragon that's flying through the air. Or change other rules. But when you, when you change up certain things about the rules of this combat in the game, not just the environment, but basically everything. Mm -hmm. Take away the armor from everyone. Take away their weapons. And they have to fist fight now. First of all, if you have a monk player, they're gonna have the time of their lives. Oh yeah. Second of all, if you suddenly make everyone wear armor, the fighter's gonna have the time of their life or the war cleric but the barbarian is gonna feel like shit mm -hmm. now obviously you shouldn't do this just to punish or reward your players but just doing it is kind of fun yeah it just changes the whole approach to the game because if your players fight 20 combats in the normal conditions of the game the 21st combat is gonna feel like those 20 before sure mm -hmm. it's gonna be different in some way but it's gonna feel the same but if you change one simple thing about how this combat works from the others it's gonna make a completely new experience and you can do anything here anything that you think of that will work changing up the environment letting targets move changing the rules of the given combat no armor no weapons no spells this is gonna feel interesting yeah J just looking at the combat from different angles to see what you can change to make it more interesting without changing the rules of the system itself yeah but it's really the overarching change something to make to achieve something <laughs> it, it sounds very ambiguous and it is but it makes a lot of sense when you have your combat in front of you you have your four pcs you have your enemy, you have the environment, and then you say, okay, cool, I have all that. Now I'm gonna just do one simple switch. There is some kind of reason why all metal in this area corrodes very fast. Most swords break after two hits armor breaks after two hits and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then that's gonna impact a lot about your combat because it's gonna change the approach your players take and it's also gonna change the approach your opponent your villain that you play as a dm takes and that's really the thing is right i'm not talking about what they do to make the party's life miserable or the fight harder for them i'm talking about things that apply to everything in your combat. Th that's the first step. Think about if you want to change something about that. Because if it applies to both sides, both sides have to change. Yeah. And that's interesting. Exactly. As long as you, for uh, like you just said, it keeps the fairness felt because you change it up for everyone involved, not just for one side. I really want to say this because we got here from a sporting tournament. Fairness in sporting means all rules apply the same to everyone. Mm -hmm. So if you have a monk in your party and take away all the weapons from the others and take all weapons from everyone, it is still fairness. It is still yeah. fair. It is maybe not just. That's something different. Mm -hmm. But it is fair. It's a technicality, but it actually is correct if you take away all the weapons and give the monk player their one combat where they just outshine everyone mm -hmm. then at the same time maybe give the ranger a combat where they where basically all the combat is done from two sides of canyon over at each other and the ranger needs to fight basically five enemies while the rest of the party tries to play moving targets or something yeah where they can't attack or something that's also fun not often but once it is very fun because the ranger player is gonna feel great and the others are gonna have to imagine Imagine a way they can be helpful. Maybe the tank provides cover. Maybe the sorcerer says, okay, I make myself invisible, great invisibility. Then I cast floating disc and stand on it and fly over or something or whatever else, really. But sometimes the initial situation can only benefit one player and the rest will have to find their way around it. Yeah, but that's another thing. When you change something about the setting, you could say of the combat, it forces everyone to think on their toes, to come up with new ideas. Like you said, if you have 20 combats in the standard setting, you could say, the party will know what to do, what is best in the situation because they've experienced mm -hmm. it time and time again and bonded together over that and know exactly what everyone else can do. But if you change a certain point in the setting, this rule doesn't apply anymore because, yeah, they know what everyone can do, but they have something else on their mind now. Mm -hmm. How can I still be of use even, for example, with with the ranger thing, I can't really cross that canyon efficiently. Mm -hmm. How can I still be of use? What can I do to help? And just keeps the ball rolling and the enticement of the combat itself really up because you still have to think about every single turn, about every single situation that comes up and find a solution for that rather than mm -hmm. just, yeah, we have scheme A or 
scheme B, depending on the situation, and we go with either A or B, and everyone knows what to do. Yeah, and I mean, this happens entirely natural. It's not something that you can prevent your players from doing or you yourself from doing. As the players, we are all human, and humans are, we are lazy. Mm -hmm. We like to do things the way we know them to do. It's easy. We've done it before, it can happen again. The same goes for D&D. I have a wizard player in one of my games that loves to cast Chromatic Orb because it's a good spell for him to use. But if I get him to not use it because it is just outright not the best decision right now, that is interesting to him because mm. now he has to use different spells. For yeah. example, in one of the combats where it was a lot of mass combat, really a lot of like 60, 70 NPCs fought each other on the field next to the players while they were fighting a dragon, he decided, okay, I'm not going to fight the dragon with the rest of my mates. I'm just going to cast this AoE spell on all all the enemies. Yeah. He could have just cast Chromatic Orb at the dragon, but the combat surroundings, the combat itself was not just the players, it was also these NPCs. And he knew, I want to defeat those as well. So mm -hmm. why not cast this AoE, Orbital Sky Laser, and eradicate all of them. That's what he did. And that's only because the decision was made to have this mass combat going on next to the players while they were fighting a dragon. Mm -hmm. That decision led to him doing something different in combat and feeling fucking epic for it because who doesn't feel epic if they caught an orbital sky laser to basically evaporate 50 enemies. Yeah, it just it's just amazing. This is exactly an amazing thing to do is um, to use the environment sometimes even as a timer mm -hmm. in the combat to to, um, entice that thinking even more because yeah if you change the setting of the combat that forces them to think on their toes mm -hmm. but also if you put a timer on the uh, on the fight itself for example yeah th you know you hear this piece of cliff crack because of the heavy impacts on the from the storm before you don't know when it will break but you know it will break either you uh, wrap up this combat before find a way around that cliffside run away or whatever it gives them opportunity mm -hmm. to come up with new ideas to yeah more quickly but less surely finish the mm -hmm. combat to take mm -hmm. a bit more risk mm -hmm. and as we all know especially in movies and stories itself risk is always enticing and fun yes <laughs> or at <laughs> it least is. it feels fun to read to see and to experience it in a safe environment like a ttrpg should be it's fun if the danger goes up mm -hmm. and you know you have a timer or something like that right it, it, i think combats always are interesting interesting if they assume that not everything works the way either party intended mm. right if my villain is there and has a plan and my players basically do something that fumbles that plan that's fucking interesting and the oh, same yeah. goes if i thwart my players plans in their combat uh one fun thing is for example we had a combat in a magical globe in a globe that was supposed to test mages everyone in that globe knew a lot of magic mm -hmm. and then there was my character who didn't know a single spell mm -hmm. and obviously the villain, the the well, not the villain, but the the antagonist, summoned an anti magic demon mm, that okay. knew every single spell and was specialized in anti magic. So he instantly frightened, or I think no, he instantly dazed, stunned the wizard we had in the party, who was now out of commission. Mm. Secondly, our second mage petrified herself as she tried to petrify the demon, mm -hmm. and it just flew back at her. And then it was my turn. So what does my character do? I draw my bow, Harry this you filthy casual and shoot the demon <laughs> yeah perfect the demon where my gm knew that i didn't know any single spells but the villain he portrayed didn't he mm. thought that in this globe there would only be mages so he would summon an anti-magic demon that well this anti-magic demon doesn't have anything against the fucking bow and arrow yeah or at least not not a specialty against it. it was still a strong demon don't get me wrong but it just didn't expect that my gm obviously did or at least he knew in some way but this thing didn't or the enemy didn't and that made the combat fun because two of our characters were out of commission instantly and then my character shot a demon that is supposed to fight against mages with a bow and arrow and that demon didn't expect that shit and that made this combat so much fun and then as you just said Niels the environment changed and the, the setting changed and there was a lot of extra risk as suddenly there was a tear okay the globe got ripped apart and in this world globes and planar travel basically uh, all goes through the limbo in mm -hmm. endless nothingness and if you get sucked 
sucked into it. That's gonna suck for you if you don't know how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And we only have one of us that knows how to navigate it. Our wizard. If this globe would have fallen apart completely, we would have all been sucked into the void, basically. That doesn't sound good. That is an extra danger that came in the combat when things were getting heated and heated and this demon wanted to get away and rip this globe apart to just as a, as a last minute resort. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> that was just a fun combat. It was dangerous. It was very fun because something happened that no one on the one side of the villain side expected. My character shooting with a bow and arrow in a, in a magical globe and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that is really an example of how a good combat works. The thing is, before that combat even started, we had a second different combat that was just as exciting because it was a mirror maze. We were all separated. So our villain split into five people and then we had to mm -hmm. fight these different villains in this mirror maze alone, walking around, not knowing where to shoot and stuff like that. So I think every attack, even if it hit per the rules, we had to roll a D6 and only on a one, it actually hit. Oh, damn. Okay. It mm -hmm. was just so much fun to fight in this mirror maze because you never knew if you would hit a mirror or the actual person. Amazing. And Okay. Right. This is interesting. And why was that combat interesting? Why were both combats interesting? Because they changed something about the general formula of combat we defined as a table. Mm -hmm. and that's what you really need to do as a DM and as a player. If you want to change up your combat, find the normal formula of combat for you and then change it. Because if you change it, it is always going to feel new exciting, interesting, engaging, and every other descriptor you can think of. Yeah. And then you can obviously nudge it into specific directions. For example, if you use environment, if you use specific features, if you use timers, if you use whatever, right, to make the combat more interesting, more dangerous, and stuff like that, you can always add those on top. There's a bomb going off nearby. There's a timer attached to it. If you fight longer than four rounds of combat, this bomb goes off. What do mm. you do? The villain just wants to survive four rounds of combat. Players need to win in under four rounds of combat and defuse the bomb yeah how cool is that yeah i love to do something like this just to put a basically a moral quandary sometimes even in there uh -huh. as well to um pose a question a choice to the players either with some sort of danger to the party itself mm. so they have to choose do we defeat the villain whatever the cost or do we live to fight another day could be one of those classic things or the villain for example just sets fire to a village do we chase the villain or do we help the uh, innocent people in the village and therefore it put in not a timer on the fight but a decision to make that's still something to think about during combat and maybe they split up or whatever and then it gets interesting through that or it could get interesting through that and it's something uh, with the bomb either it's a timer and or a question do we focus on fighting or do we focus on disarming the bomb or do we try to get a mixture of these two and i think this can be a lot of fun to implement although it can be quite hard at, uh, at some times but i think those lend lend itself really well to fights against a big bad or a sub villain a very story impactful fight rather than just a minor fight within the story if you have a deciding combat a story defining combat the last combat of the campaign or deciding right here and there how the story will branch out after that i think especially for those quote-unquote more important combats those moral quandaries and questions and decisions to uh, to make uh, lend mm -hmm. itself really well to the, uh, especially those i really think right we kind of went from a top-down approach in this episode right change one big thing about the combat that affects everyone stuff like that and now for your combats either you change one of the big rules of the combat you could say right for example no armor for everyone that's not necessarily an environmental effect or something but it can be but environments just along are along those lines as well timers are something different they are smaller but there are other smaller things there are other smaller environmental effects as well noxious gas clouds stuff like that. Really things that make you, as players, again, rethink the approach to combat. We can't get to the villain because they're on a moving platform and we have to find a way up there or something. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Maybe there's mechanisms around the battlefield that change something about the battlefield. And if the players find out how these mechanisms change something about the battlefield, that's going to be interesting because now yeah. they can use it to their advantage. Yeah, I, I love that. Changing the environment or the stage of the combat mm -hmm. mid-fight. Yeah, especially if the players can do it. Yeah, exactly. If it's, I, I really just love it when they have an established kind of way to fight in this combat or a, an established tactic that they want to do and um, execute over and over again. And then either the villain or the NP, uh, or the PCs, depending on who has figured 
out how to change their environment to their advantage or have laid the trap or whatever, then at this moment in time, just switch up the environment itself to give them an advantage, to throw the other party off their game, just to gain the upper hand through not just confusion, but new threat assessment necessity for the other party. This is just amazing. And then if, for example, the villain laid a trap for the players, they can prepare that. And just the look of the players when I switch the environment is just amazing because now they are in shambles. They try to figure out how the fuck this works and how the fuck they can get around the thing that just happened. On the other hand, when my players do something I didn't expect or the or rather the villain didn't expect, the reaction of the villain should be on the same line mm. of shock awe and confusion a bit because if your players feel validated with their ideas and approaches and uh, feel that they have an impact it just gets the um, engagement of the combat even more because then they think about other things to do more creative things to do other than just yeah i get out my sword and hit him or i cast this spell over and over again to think more about what else can i do to make it more fun or is there mm. something that is more fit even though i know exactly how this spell works and i really really like those moments because it gives me the opportunity to improvise or roll with the punches to see where all of this is going and have a really felt impact from my players on the combat and therefore on the story and giving a lot of or a huge piece of player agency to my players because they can shape the way the combat is going to be even when they didn't lay the trap or prepared it beforehand just for their critical and creative thinking during the combat and in session yeah really right we talked about basically spicing up the battlefield the rules of the combat and stuff like that but there are other things you can spice up for example you can spice up your fucking monsters and villains Mm -hmm. Because the monster manual is, I know a lot of people have made this joke, two bites and one claw attack or two claw attack, one bite attack, because there's a lot of claws and a lot of bite attacks in the monster manual. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say anything against them alone. A claw attack is fine. A bite attack is fine. But it happens basically every time. That's mm -hmm. boring. Basically, what you want from a combat is that your players remember it as this epic thing that it was. You're not going to get that with a bite and claw attack because it will be just like the other ones, right? Yeah. Make it interesting. Make the villain, make the monster, make the antagonist, make the opponent, enemy, whatever, make them interesting make them spicy make their attacks interesting engaging i don't know a grapple attack is al alone very interesting because the players get to engage with it mm -hmm. and then if the monster grapples it can devour that's an interesting combat because mm -hmm. they try to grapple one and if that person doesn't escape the grapple it gets devoured by this enemy this is already more interesting than a claw attack already oh yeah but it's can be a lot of different things, right? You really need to think about what your villain is and then change the stat block up a bit. You can still have claw and bite attacks. I'm not going to say you don't need them or you shouldn't use them. What I'm saying is that if you just tell your players, well, for the third time in a row in combat, this is going to be a claw attack, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I know the two hits somewhat. I know what damage it does. Okay, okay, yeah, no problem. No real interest, no, no interesting thing about that. But if you come in with, okay, and it's going to grapple you, I need you to make an athletic or acrobatics check your choice to escape before mm -hmm. it devours you with its mouth and rows and rows and rows of teeth. They yep. are rolls and they miss and they're gonna panic and the others are gonna panic because fuck, how do we get him away from that? Because we don't want this player to get devoured. It's the wizard. They have a minus two on strength and minus one on dex. They're never gonna get out of that grapple and they're gonna die when they get devoured. What do we do? What do we do? Already exactly. more interesting than, hey, wizard, you get two claw attacks against you. And yeah. we all can see why. And this is really why you should spice up your monsters and villains. And there's a lot of different ways to do that, right? Change up attacks, give them special features that no one else or nothing else has that change the way it works. For example, in one of my combats, in one of my boss fights, I gave my boss three different stages. They mm. could change at a specific time in the initiative. On initiative count 20, they were able to conjure up a different elemental storm. For example, the windstorm would mean that uh, they couldn't be hit by ranged attacks. Mm. Firestorm would mean that they, if someone is too close, they would get burned. Uh, the water storm would mean that they would heal themselves and their allies around them. Mm. This already creates a very interesting 
premise for this combat because this villain can change depending on the situation they are in and it changes the way the players have to approach because suddenly my arrows don't hit anymore i have to move into melee combat or i have to wait until this storm passes and i can shoot again mm -hmm. okay now i get burned so maybe i should move away and use my one throwing axe in this round so i don't take fire damage and still deal somewhat of damage on the strike when i hit yeah stuff like that that is an interesting feature yeah uh, and i think uh, one thing that is often overlooked to make a villain or a monster more interesting is movement because if you uh, for example in dnd there are a, a lot of different or a couple of different movement options apart from just walking speed you have flying burrowing climbing speeds swimming speeds if a monster has them use them mm -hmm. if they're in the environment for that if you and they would be if they have that specific speed exactly that's why they have that because they are accustomed to this situation to this environment if you fight in a cave and have a monster with a climbing speed yet this monster can make two slam attacks sure but why not just make it a grapple attack and then climb up the wall and then let go and be out of harm's way for melee combat or yeah. they burrow on the ground swim away or try to dive into the water when they have a swimming speed because they are accustomed to fight in water as well mm -hmm. and so change up their environment to fit their needs better yeah. than the environment they are in right now mm -hmm. i really think that the thing is about combat with movement is in dnd opportunity attacks are very common mm -hmm. so it's always a thing for me of I'm the advocate for making your combats dynamic and forcing everyone to move in their combat. Even if you as a player just move the five feet to the side of this enemy just for flavor. It already yeah. has that little impact of it feels like when you when you imagine the combat in your head, it looks cooler than just standing there, in my opinion. Exactly. But it didn't do anything mechanically. But if you move out of arm's reach for the enemy, he's allowed to make an opportunity attack. And sometimes you don't want that and stuff like that. So you need to force someone to move. And this goes, again, as a GM for your monster and the player character of your players because if you only force your players to move they're gonna take more damage per round because the opportunity attacks from the monster come in so you should also force your monster again with environment and stuff like that but if you force movement it's gonna feel so much more dynamic in a combat and it's gonna feel like your battle map or the environment for your combat is gonna be used more mm. it's not necessarily interacted with but used more because sometimes you have combats where you have this big battle map or something and you only use like 10 tiles of it because that's where the combat happens and the rest of it is just there. Yeah. You don't need it. But really, making it more dynamic helps you a lot as well in combats to make them more engaging. And I think you really have to... What you mentioned with the movement is something that a horror encounter that I had for one time was a horror combat encounter, which is if you want your combats more horrifying, use what makes horror horror. For example, the unknown mm -hmm. and, and, and suspense. Your players are in a dark cave. There's no lighting. They light a torch for their players with no dark vision. And they see these, well, crawling things in insects, spiders maybe, but they are deformed different not just spider and then they hear burrowing above them below them to their sides in this dark tunnel and from everywhere these creatures come out and you combine crawling with climbing with burrowing speeds in the mm. dark cave where these creatures can burrow into every direction and come mm. from every direction hello yep that is interesting as hell oh yeah even if these enemies are easy to kill your players are gonna have a hard time with knowing where they appear next there is no formation they can make. The paladin can't stand in front because these things can just burrow under them and appear behind the wizard anyway. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. It's horrendous to do this. <laughs> it's evil. You're an evil DM if you do this and I love you for it. Yeah. If you want your combats to be more horrifying, do something like this. If you want your combats to be more dangerous, make the enemies stronger. Yes, but that's really the easiest part of it. Adding damage and to hit or something to my enemies or AC or health points or something. That that's easy. You don't need us to tell you to do that. You can do that yourself. What I can tell you is making your combats more dangerous is more than just making your enemies beefier or stronger. It's making the environment as disadvantageous to your players as possible. Mm -hmm. There's fire everywhere and they run risk of falling into the lava and taking 18d6 fucking damage per round when they are in the lava. That's more dangerous than giving the villain a plus two extra to hit or extra damage dice yeah that's way scarier oh yeah oh yeah and i think the same goes for players if you want to spice up the combat mm -hmm. try to change the environment 
in a way that benefits your party or yeah. you. If you know, this creature can't see in the dark, but you fight in a cave where there are still lit torches. Why don't douse the flames and make it dark? If you can see down there, but this thing can't, why don't you? Or if there is a lot of cover or a lot of stones or whatever, and there is just one barrage after another from an enemy group of bandits on top of a hill, duck behind cover, mm -hmm. use the environment to your advantage, or change the environment to your advantage. It's all possible and mm -hmm. just makes it more interesting if you really engage with all the options that are there for you to use. Yeah, I want you to be creative in my combats because I will reward it. Mm -hmm. If the spell says something and it's not necessarily exactly uh, intended to use it this way in combat, I will probably still allow it because I think it's just cool that you're creative and not just, yeah, I shoot with my bow or I hit with my sword. That is mm. totally valid as well. And obviously it's the way you deal damage. But hey, if someone uses hypnotic pattern or uh, hallucinatory terrain to basically make them invisible while they run up that hill, why not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? That's interesting. I love that. And I will reward it in some way. This creativeness in combat from players or GM comes if you are at a table where there's no penalty to taking longer in combat. Mm -hmm. Because, right, some people just want to have combat done quickly and they limit player turns to one minute and they have to do everything in one minute or the round is over for them. I am really against it. There are many reasons why and I don't have to explain them. If you do that, hey, that's you. And if you want your combats to be quick, that's something you can do. I'm not gonna lie. If you want your combats to be done quick, limit turn times. But I am against it because I don't want my combats done quick. I want my combats done interesting. Exactly. Quick can still be interesting. I'm not gonna say that. But for me, quick combats are most of the time not interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't limit turn times. I let my players decide. Some of them take only 10 seconds on their turn by because they know what they want to do. Others had their turn basically flipped upside down by the person that went before them because they did something that they didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Okay, they have to rethink their approach. They still want to do something creative. They don't have a lot of damage spells as a wizard, but they have a lot of these spells. Maybe they can use their illusion magic to help. Mm -hmm. And they have to think about it a bit. Let them think about it a bit. Especially if you're a player and you take longer on your turn than the rest of your group. Talk out loud through your turn so you rest know what you're doing currently. If you yeah. say, okay, so this doesn't work anymore. I wanted to do, I don't wanted to throw a fireball at him, but now the paladin and the fighter are next to the enemy and I don't want to hit you guys because I think he's going to have more HP than you guys and you're going to go down quicker when I use fireball. So what I can do, however, is maybe I can use this spell, looks at DM, stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. If you talk throughout your turn, everyone knows what you're doing. I'm the first to say it. I did it in the Magic Gaming episode and I will do it here again. Let the other players help. I don't give a fuck because in the game, the character would know what to do, at least in most yeah. instances. They know their spells better than the player does. Mm -hmm. So if the player is forgetting one of their spells and the rest know about that spell and say, why don't you use, I don't know, Vortex Warp to do that? And the player says, oh yes, can I? I as a DM will say, yeah, sure you can. You have it prepared. Why not? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's literally the better game experience when the others help this player because they forgot something because the character wouldn't have forgotten. Yeah, especially when what you just said working together is something that you as a player can do to spice up combat as well yeah i can't speak for anyone but i think for me at least is if my players want to set up a combo between two different spells hell yes please please if someone wants to conjure a tornado and the other one wants to fire uh, fire a lightning bolt at it to make it a lightning tornado um excuse me yes please thank you and I will reward that interesting thinking because it just, mm. I mean, it's fucking cool to summon a lightning tornado, right? Mm. So why mm. the fuck not? Yeah, then there will be a, lo a little extra damage or even not, whatever. It's just the two spells combined but hitting at once. But it's possible and it feels amazing if this stuff can work. Yeah. Or the barbarian yeeting the gnome rogue right at the face of the dragon just so the gnome rogue can stab it in the eye. Yeah, yes. and get sneak attack, right? Because amazing. The, the dragon didn't expect it and they get advantage and get sneak attack and stuff like that. That's fucking and cool and yeah it doesn't throw your combats off balance eve right no. a lot of people obviously argue against this this is against balance this is not balanced there's no such thing as that balance you're talking about we're talking about mostly dnd here but nearly every other ttrbg doesn't have that balance and interesting combat in my opinion comes a lot from the system mm -hmm. but way more from the people playing it oh yeah it, if you don't want your combats to be interesting because you want to get back to your role play i will not stop you from doing your combats the way you want to. But I am here to tell you there's a lot of different things you can do to make your combats more interesting. You can make them more dynamic. You can make them more dangerous. You can make them more horrifying. 
you can make them more uh, intense you can make them more you can make them everything and yeah it always only takes a few minutes of thinking and then adjusting mm -hmm. you want them to be dramatic have people talking throughout their turns that adds drama because it suddenly adds role play to the combat you want them to be more dangerous bias up the enemy a bit make the environment more dangerous stuff like that yeah Boom. you have your combat more dangerous want to make it more horrifying what makes horror horror use that in your combat and you can easily insert a lot of different things in your combats normal combats are blank slates and mm. you can decide what you want to do do with them. So take the things you want from your combats, think about what makes these things the things you want, and then extract these essences and put them into your combats, and you're gonna have the best combat of your fucking lives. You want your combats Hell to yeah. be dynamic? Make movement part of the combat. Make everyone have to move. You want your combats to be dangerous? Add environmental effects. You want your combats to be more tense? Add timers. There's way too much that we can't even talk about everything. Hmm. And we've had episodes on this before where we talked about different things. We had one in-depth episode about dramatic. We had one other way where we talked about how combat works and how you can make it more interesting. But this time, really, think about the things you want and then make them. It's very yeah. easy. And how you do that is really just identifying. It sounds so dumb, but identify the descriptors you want for your combat. Don't just think of combat as a hurdle or something or a holdup of game time because it slows down. Think of it as a, a story device. You can use your combat to tell the story you want to tell through whatever descriptors you want to have in the first place. Should it be more cinematic? Should it be dramatic? Should it tell us an in-depth story? Should it be narrative, dangerous, fun, whatever? Decide on those beforehand and use the combat as a story device to convey these feelings that you wanted to convey, either by changing environment. It's just a tool for you as a GM or as a group as a whole to use. If there's a conflict, some uh, characters might want to dis uh, solve this conflict with a, with a combat, just beating someone. Sure, if that's something the players want to do, go ahead. If you want to create a heartbreaking story with this combat, or want to tell a heartbreaking story, but want to make impact from the characters, you can also make this a combat, but just a completely different one than just beating up the thug that just stole money from you. It depends on what you want to do, then decide what you want to do with the combat, decide if you need combat, and if yes, or if you want combat, then change the things about the blank slate basic combat you want to achieve the goals you want to achieve with the combat that you've chosen. Yeah, all games give you this blank slate and you can easily tweak a few things. As we say all the time in D&D, stat blocks are just generic things and you're encouraged to add and subtract and change something, some little stuff about them to make the monster more fitting. Mm -hmm. You can easily use a Hydra and make it an Ice Hydra or a Flying Hydra. Give the Hydra a flying speed. Boom. Already changes the stat block, makes the monster more interesting, makes the combat more interesting. And the same goes for a little bit of the of the environment. You have a simple forest. Well, now you also have some, some big flower or mushroom beds in this forest that if you touch those, there's some kind of noxious gas emitted from them. Mm -hmm. Boom. Simple change. Doesn't take you longer than five minutes to write the mechanics for it and the description for it and how it should work and stuff like that. Boom. And those two things alone can already make one simple combat with a hydra in a forest an amazing combat with a flying hydra in a noxious forest. Yeah. It, it, this thing will be memorable. It's easy money. Stonks. Combat yeah. stonks. Especially, <laughs> and just modifying a certain step block I think is especially valuable if you have a lot of veteran players at your table yeah. because they obviously know a lot of step blocks or have fought against monsters of that step block but if you change up just a little thing to throw them off this thing will be memorable for them because it's something different it's yeah. something they've never experienced before and probably will never experience again because it's a unique thing that you as a group or you as a gem created for this specific purpose of being interesting and serving a purpose within the story yeah i don't have anything else right i think we've laid down some good things in the beginning we talked a bit about some different things we do and then at the end we really nailed it home again with just do simple things. Simple things can have such a great impact in combat or TTRPGs yeah. in general. Sometimes less is more. Yeah, it's like the butterfly effect. If you change a small thing, big changes in the impact will be there. And with that, I think we're done. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WDMPod. You can visit our website at www.wdm.com. We also have a Ko-Fi if you would like to check that out. And please, if you like the show, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform of your choice. It really helps the show out. It uh, gets the word out of us. Um, if you 
like the show, show a friend, tell your grandma, tell your cat, whatever. Just it gets us out there and people listening and yeah, the best way you can help. And with that, thank you for listening. Hear you on the next one and bye-bye. Bye-bye.